0: The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. Hey,
1: it's Chris Jericho. You're listening to the Rough House Podcast, featuring the sexiest beast in all of Maryland and surrounding areas, the illustrious Chris and Marty. The opinions expressed in the Rough House Podcast do not necessarily reflect those of the WWE, Lucha Underground, Impact Wrestling, Ring of Honor, GFW. Are they even still a thing? MCW Pro Wrestling, CZW, NADS Flappy Sack, Marvel Studios, Kellogg's, Frisky's Cat Food, Ted Turner, Jameson Irish Whiskey, Fruit of the Loom, Hershey's, Samsung, Amblin Entertainment, Groundskeeper Willie, or the cast and crew of The Walking Dead. Since the dawn of mankind, those in professional wrestling have turned to the Pro Wrestling Podcast to gain insight into how to do their jobs. We're black people and white people. Watch wrestling. And Hispanic people, too.
2: And all people. Good job. Yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Rough House Podcast, take two. <laughs> <laughs> they would not
1: have known that had you not yes, said
2: Yes, I know, I know, I know. But, uh, you know, uh, transparency at all times. I'm Marty. I'm Kristoff. And uh, what? what an odd, strange, and unusual week. In professional wrestling. Uh Continuing I,
1: up to just a minute ago. Uh,
2: yes. Yes. Just just a few moments ago, it got weird. It started weird, and we'll talk about that, uh, but it continued being weird as, uh, l- let's call it the latest sign of the apocalypse in New Japan Pro Wrestling, Yoshihashi, roughhoused favorite, uh, is now a champion. Well, there's an asterisk there
1: yeah i mean he he, technically technically yes Yes. he's a champion he
2: has a title
1: one third of the never open weight trios champions, uh, which is champions the Yoshihashi of
2: titles. If there's any title in professional wrestling,
1: it really is. And he won it in the most Yoshihashi way by not really doing anything <laughs> because he wasn't involved in the pin. Yes. Um. So congratulations, Yoshihashi, from all of us here at the Roughhouse Podcast. Your illustrious God. He's, he's what been in New Japan at least a decade, right? At,
2: at least, at least. Uh. And and he has. Literally only this to show for it. Uh, he, he is the most, uh, you know, happy to be here tends to be the turn of phrase that, that some people describe, you know, when someone's just mediocre. Ah, you know, Dave just yeah. happy to be here. No, he's not even happy to be there. He just exists. He is Schrodinger's pro wrestler. He's neither good nor bad. He's just there. And... Yeah, he's
1: he's, he's just uh, plagued by um, ordinary existence, essentially, <laughs> and, and he just looks
2: confused and lost at all times. And uh, sleepy, very sleepy, incredibly sleepy. Uh, does Yoshihashi and um, I think he needs a sleep test.
1: Maybe he needs a uh, CPAP machine. Perhaps that's <laughs> keeping him up at night. You, uh, you know
2: what? Uh, I, I'd be worried if he got a CPAP machine. That that may Gato may see that and just go. You know what? Let's push that CPAP machine over <laughs> Yoshihashi because that's got infinitely more more uh, charisma and potential. Uh, for those who we have not completely run off uh, in terms of our deep dive into New Japan over the past let's call it two years.
1: Year, two, yeah. Yeah.
2: um, It's all your fault, by the way. 100%. I take full blame. (laughs) Um, Yoshihashi, if I were to try to peg him to someone in WWE, Mm -hmm. although I will say this guy's probably at his core more talented, but just in terms of Has gone nowhere, has done nothing, and you just constantly go, why this guy? He is the Dolph Ziggler
1: (laughs) of New Japan Pro Wrestling. I was thinking Dolph Ziggler, but Dolph Ziggler has won world championships. That's true. That's true. He has. And multiple tag championships, intercontinental. He's won titles, man. And you know what? He's got belts. There
2: there was a period of time where Dolph Ziggler was really good. Let's just say Dolph Ziggler, or modern Dolph Ziggler, is what Yoshihashi has been his entire career. Just constantly there. And l- and sounding very mm, bemused and disinterested in his existence in said company, uh, we'll we'll talk more about the the never six man tournament uh, in a bit, but uh, yeah, that that's just another sign of apocalypse in 2020. And to that point, the week started off in some very very weird ways. Yeah, because word came out that Raw was being taped that the show was being rebooked on the fly, that... uh, Which seems
1: like it's every other week, (laughs) we get those rumors on a Monday afternoon, by the way.
2: Yes, yes. Uh, That that everyone was unhappy and walking on eggshells. And Mm, then two stories came out, uh, sort of back-to-back. One was Shane McMahon would be returning to Raw.
1: Here comes the money.
2: Here comes the money after... Uh, A brisk, let's call it, eight, maybe nine months away? Yeah, it hasn't even been a full year. Yeah, the last time we saw him was way back on the uh, Fox debut uh, of SmackDown, getting beaten by uh, Kevin Owens in a career-based ladder match.
1: God, that Uh, seems like it was five years ago.
2: I know, right? (laughs) Live crowds alone make everything feel like it was ages ago. Uh, But yeah, Shane McMahon coming back for reasons uh, uh, unsure gotta uh, spike
1: those ratings brother brother
2: yeah uh and then there was a story that came through uh Pro wrestling sheet gee i wonder how they got that scoop mm. uh that a new faction would be appearing on raw and uh the the key uh the the key phrase was though it may seem based on current events, the faction would be as apolitical as possible,
1: sure uh-huh. Sure. Coming from uh, a McMahon owned organization, I believe yes. that 100%.
2: Yes. If there's anything Vince McMahon has been great at over the past 35 years of professional wrestling, it is handling things subtly and with the utmost respect.
1: Yeah. And staying apolitical. Uh, yes. Yeah. You can add yes. that in there as yeah. well.
2: He, who, who can forget the great ways he, he uh, really pushed for gay rights with the Billy and Chuck marriage? Who can who can forget that? <laughs> who can forget the the nuanced hilarity of uh, the the oh God was it?
1: Was choppy choppy your pee pee. Well, yes,
2: there's that. Uh, yeah. What, was it Obama and McCain, quote unquote, that had a match? Uh, I I I, I, I can't I can't remember what it was. Uh, I'm sure someone in the OG 538 remembers when they had uh, fake versions of. Uh, Politicians work a match. Oh, um, I mean,
1: there was Bill Clinton was that Survivor Series yes, ninety, that's whatever. Rather.
2: That's that's very true. Uh,
1: but I think with that Obama McCain thing, I think that they was just trying to influence change of the channel.
2: <laughs> true, true, very very I, true. Hi Good morning. How and, are you? Hey. Uh, and then also, word came out as we got closer and closer to Showtime that
1: Brawl for All might be making a return. Yeah, so this is what piqued the most interest uh, in the Twitter sphere on Monday afternoon into the early evening. Um, some kind of uh, – had the word underground been thrown out yet? Or there, Fight there, Club? I think Fight Club had Fight been Fight Club had out.
2: been used, and, and I think uh, WrestleVotes is the name of the random Twitter account mm-hmm. that posted simply hashtag Raw Underground uh, an hour or two before showtime.
1: And honestly, that may have just been a joke. And then WWE saw that. I was like, "Oh, that's a perfect name. Yeah, Let's that's use a,
2: that. a, that's a, that's fantastic." Uh, so then Raw happened, and sure shit, the third hour of Raw was Raw Underground, and uh, it it was a Fight Club esque scenario uh, set up in the basement of the performance PC. center. Uh, Shane McMahon, along with the... Nitro Girls? Yes, the, the lowest of low-rate <laughs> dancers they could hire at a moment's notice. Uh, downstairs, while random WWE stars and performance center talent, who we had not had a chance to see at any point on television, fought in a uh, a ring without ropes, without an apron, while a bunch of randos slammed their hands on the mat.
1: So I didn't watch any of this. I'm just I, I read a couple uh, descriptions and, and some tweets. Of it. It, it sounds terrible.
2: Yes, it, it was. It was very bad. Uh, uh, if you can imagine uh, basically if Kevin Dunn was trying to make Fight Club, that's what this looked like.
1: Well, I mean, you know, Kevin Dunn, uh film school graduate. So, you know, I think he <laughs> yes, went to, uh, yes. you know, went to NYU film. And uh, I mean, he's held the same career ascension as a David Fincher. So why wouldn't he? Um, of, of course. Why know. Why
2: couldn't he pull it off? Well, yeah. And I will say I saw some some pearl clutching and some hand wringing online. There had been uh, some people saying, you know, oh, they're ripping off of Lucha Underground uh, in terms of the the. Um, sort name. of warehousey look and feel, and the name, yeah. some people saying that they are ripping off of uh, a Chikara angle called The Crucible that ran last year uh, because that was a, a show that was, you know, done, quote-unquote, underground um, with, you know, no ring apron and a bunch of people okay. around the, the ring slapping the mat. But I just want to remind everybody that Vince McMahon is consistently 20 years behind the times, and for something to resonate with him It yeah. needs to be at least 20 years old And this year Fight Club turned 21 years old, so I, I really uh, yeah. think Fight Club was the way It was sold to him, I, I can certainly see Similarities through a bunch of different things, but um, Don't assume That Vince has any idea what has happened In the past year, let alone the this, past this Brad Pitt's
1: going to be a huge star
2: Yes, yeah Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> uh, appearing in, in Raw Underground um, they, they had the gigantic man, Babatunde, uh, although Babatunde <laughs> Baba won two quick fights Baba under Tunde. his new name, okay. which I shit you not is
1: Dabba Kato. <laughs> that, seriously? Daba hyphen Kato. It was was Babatunde his
2: work name or was that his shoot name? I believe it was his shoot name that was his work name because he worked one of the um, Saudi Saudi shows because yeah. they were like, "Look at the seven foot tall black dude! You don't have those here."
1: Like,
2: yeah. that's, <laughs> that's literally what the whole idea
1: was. Do it, they even allow him into the country? I mean, Saudi Arabia is so aggressive at this point. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Um, so okay, so what's da, da, Dakota? What is it? Dabacato. <laughs> Dabakato. Uh,
2: okay. Yeah, just sure. Just beat the crap out of two guys back to back. Um then uh later on in the show it was Eric of the Viking Raiders versus and I quote this tough kid. So they didn't oh, even that... they didn't even announce the opponent.
1: So that's a that's the new he hate me is this tough kid. <laughs> I don't Can know. We get that on the back of uh, uh, of a jersey.
2: But basically it looked like the world's worst worked MMA fight. Uh, you know, with the takedown and the ground and pound, and it it, it could not have looked more fake um, than. Uh, oh, wait,
1: wait, wait a pro wrestling bit? <laughs> You're telling me?
2: <laughs> yes, yes. It looked fake? Yes. Oh, uh, there you and then at the end of the show, we had Dolph Ziggler beating up some rando. What? With a okay, rare
1: naked show. Because if I think of underground fight, I mean. Dolph Ziggler is the, uh, the angel face of, uh, of, of, of this. I mean, you know, I wanted, I would have loved to see him get his face pounded in like Jared Leto did in Fight Club. Just because I loved seeing Jared Leto get his face beat up to a bloody pulp. Because he's a piece of shit and I hate him.
2: If you believe Dolph Ziggler, though, based off of the image he posted on uh, Twitter, he's Tyler Durden. Um. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sure, Dolph. Uh. Now, what I will say is that um, Dolph did have, like, uh, you know, an actual, quote-unquote, college wrestling career.
1: Yeah. So they were putting that
2: over, which I get. But Dolph Ziggler was literally going for the world title a week ago, and now he's in this angle full of doofuses and speaking of the angle full of doofuses what they then did to end the show uh prior to the reveal of the spooky new stable talk about them in a minute uh the hurt business which is mvp's stable with uh bobby lashley and and shelton benjamin you mean uh, yes bobbert lasharelli hey Hey. uh the hurt (laughs) business uh, ran uh, into Raw Underground. MVP took the mic from Shane. Okay. Uh, Lashley beat the crap out of some random guys. Shelton Benjamin beat the crap out of Dio Madden. Uh, okay. Was,
1: he's still there. I thought he, he got fired.
2: Uh, he was. He got pulled off of being an announcer, but he's still in the PC. Oh. Uh, and um, Shane said that uh, uh, the hurt business could hang out forever, and that was the end of the show. Okay, I mean, So I don't know if, if the Hurt Business took
1: over Raw Underground or what? So MVP's the new Dario Cueto. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Robert Lasciarelli would be the new Matanza. Okay. And um, Shelty B. Mil Muertes? I don't know, I don't know I, I what the fuck we're doing here.
2: I, I have no idea. But what I do know is as the uh, show went off the air, we had an explanation of some weirdness that had happened throughout the show, Chris. See, Did some clangy
1: poles fall down and make some clangy pole noises? You are not far off.
2: <laughs> okay. Okay. So throughout, so throughout the show, there were moments like during the opening of the show, which was MVP versus uh, Apollo Cruz. Apollo Cruz, back from the Rona now has his U.S. title back. Okay. Excuse me. Um, the power went out during his intro, quote unquote. And uh, they said, well, you know, we've been having some weather here. I'm glad they can't actually define what the weather is or where they are. But, you know,
1: technically everybody is having weather everywhere
2: at all times
1: (laughs) at all times. Anyway, weather
2: exists. (laughs) There was uh, incidents throughout the show where people's microphones were going out, which as a wrestling fan, you know, it's a gimmick thing because of WWE pretty much always being on top of their. Shit yeah. working, but let's just make it clear if you were watching Raw for the first time in months because you heard tonight's show is going to be something interesting, which some people Sounds did like do, so. yeah, because this did work as a ratings ploy. Um, it just looked like the show was low rent and shitty. There was, I Shit You Not, a segment with hang on, let me let me find out which talking head it was. Um, I think it was Charlie that was backstage.
1: Random brunette, backstage interviewer in heels?
2: Uh, yes. Uh, you know what it might have been? Sarah Schreiber. I don't know. Anyway, they cut to her backstage, and she, oh, that it was Charlie. She reported on a box that fell down and a loud noise that had happened backstage. We didn't see the box fall. We saw it Backstage.
1: Did anybody ask for the location of Eric Rowan at this point? I mean cuz if we're just it seems like now, that's sort of the credit thing here. where credit is due. Or his big uh, mechanical spider in the cage perhaps?
2: Fair, fair question. Was it
1: running loose? Was I think the, was the I spider, think spider running loose
2: I think Drew McIntyre squashed said spider.
1: Oh, so. R.I.P. Yeah. She loved.
2: Um
1: she loved it But, the but second.
2: after Charlie reported this MVP came up and said that he couldn't believe that she was reporting on the box that fell over.
1: MVP is all of us. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> okay. Um,
2: wow. Well, anyway, all of this shenaniganry was revealed as a show right at the end of the show, a video backstage with uh, a group of uh, hooded hoodlums. Pint-sized ninjas. Yes. Yes. Throwing Molotov cocktails at a big uh, uh, transformer box outside.
1: Wait, legit Molotov cocktails? Well, they made it look like
2: Molotov cocktails. I doubt they were legit. But yeah, who was this mysterious group? That's how they introduced whatever this group was.
1: Okay, good cliffhanger trying to pull through people to the next show.
2: Yes. Well, uh, they did show back up on SmackDown. And by the way, they revealed the name of this group on WWE.com. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and they are not like a lot of people thought based off of some recent trademark filings they are not called justice as in just
1: mm. US, yeah
2: just that's Us. a terrible name justice justice yeah no they are retribution
1: for what retribution for what
2: i have no idea but uh they by showed whom up. they showed up at the end of uh smackdown this week um they ran off the announcers they spray-painted random squiggles all over the entrance ramp, the stairs. They used a chainsaw to cut down the ropes. Okay. They spray-painted the plexiglass.
1: Didn't they beat up a female in the audience as well? They
2: they did get behind the, uh, the ramps and beat up random PC audience members. Okay. Um, nearest as I can tell just by looking at them, there's at least two women in the group. Uh, I believe one is Vanessa Bourne, I believe another is Chelsea Green, Oh, and Scuttlebutt is Dominic Dijakovic's one of the guys.
1: Nobody looked the size of Dijakovic, from what I saw.
2: Yeah, all I know is it was a bunch of dweebs <laughs> running around with masks on, like, they didn't even have, like, the the nwo-esque thing of like spray painting their name or a symbol or anything they literally were spray painting squiggles like i don't it it was very dumb
1: (laughs) just random acts of vandalism that went on for like did it go like close to 10 minutes Uh, i think
2: it was closer to five but it definitely felt like 10
1: and with no commentary there it's just it's just happening in silence yeah there's no crowd so you have no reaction sound yeah it's just and, a bunch of uh, juvenile delinquents uh, just uh, spray painting squiggly – little squigglies. Yeah, yeah. Like I, if I, somebody like straight up tried to do like a – you know, like a SpongeBob mural or something, then I would have laughed. But, uh, you know, have a logo. Have something in mind. Draw a dick.
2: Yeah, just so weird. So weird. And and as someone pointed out on, on Twitter, this whole thing would be the equivalency of – if way back in the the Monday Night Wars, WCW posted a tweet. It's like, "Oh, we hear that someone may be invading the show during Monday Nitro this week <laughs> from outside yeah. of the building." <laughs> <laughs> like, what bizarre from
1: Miami bullshit is this? <laughs> in a in a big rig truck.
2: Yeah, <laughs> uh, and and it was just a a, a week of bizarre bullshit. Uh, great news, everybody. Uh, Dominic Mysterio. Um, the the large adult son of Rey Mysterio is going to be making his in-ring debut at in SummerSlam against Seth Rollins in a one-on-one match.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a, that's, that's a thing that's happening. I've never been happier for the Rona, because normally <laughs> I would host a SummerSlam party, and I'm very <laughs> happy to not have to host a SummerSlam party this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and over on SmackDown, uh, the... Bray, Braun, Alexa angle continued, with Braun Strowman basically just yelling that he didn't give a shit about Alexa. So...
1: Okay, first of Great all, storytelling. Nobody's there. believing that shit. All right, <laughs> yeah, let's yeah, let's yeah, be honest yeah, here. Yeah. I wonder what kind of uh, what kind of Marlins uh, uh, fucking Braun Strowman's boating in his personal <laughs> life over there. What do you think? What do you think he goes for? You think he's? Uh, you think he goes for the the itty bitty uh, Alexa Bliss type? Or you think he goes for more of a Nye yeah. Jack size? Yeah, yeah. Or... Is, is
2: is he going for a spinner or death by Snoo Snoo? I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure
1: oh great reference he sh- he strikes re-
2: me as a snoo snoo man
1: yeah i could he, yeah just he he me. wants to catch those hands that's yeah. what he wants <laughs> i mean you know christ i, I can only imagine the, <clears throat> the circumference of uh some of his digits there yeah uh on his hands and i'm not sure how that would translate uh elsewhere but you know that's uh yeah, yeah. I'm, cu- I'm just curious you know is he is he a pog collector uh you know <laughs> is, he, is he going after is uh, he slamming you him? know somebody a jordan a jordan gray size which why wouldn't you yeah um you know or as i found out as i guess i'm just jumping the gun here uh after watching dynamite did some uh google image uh deep dive into uh reba slash rebel and yeah. uh yeah
0: <laughs>
1: that's uh this is a, is is a big fan of rebut um 41 41 oh, i couldn't believe it yeah. couldn't believe it yeah looks nice. great
2: well reserved well preserved rather
1: yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, I'll, I'll be honest, I don't know that lady. all of
2: her is 41 years old, if I'm honest. Oh, wow, well, I mean, mm-hmm. come on. Yeah. But the week continued to get weird, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, yeah. As midweek, Marty Jadani confessed to a murder.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, well, it sounded like multiple... <laughs> because uh, he put it to that not being the first time he or being the first of many that yeah, bodies he disappeared. The first time I made someone disappear, so unless randomly,
2: unless he's a magician, do have we confirmed if Marty Jannetty is a magician?
1: Well, if he was, then he would have Alakazam that uh, barbershop glass to not break, <laughs> you know. And he, clearly, that was not the case. Or he could have worked out some kind of. Uh, <laughs> Dark magic to have a career um, (laughs) After the Rockers Which didn't quite pan out for him either Uh, Or maybe you know Some dark lord could have told him to not post About wanting to sleep with his daughter That's something that happened a year or two ago That
2: that definitely happened
1: Although people
2: still weren't sure If he meant like she could be his daughter In age or like was literally His daughter in In in, in reality like Who knows mm -hmm. Who knows? It just slap a browser's
1: logo on there, yeah, um, stepdaughter sort of thing. Yeah. So Marty Jannetty posts this tweet about being a 13 year old and like trying to buy weed from this guy who took him behind a bowling alley mm-hmm. uh, and tried to uh, tr- try to, uh, you know um, headline diddlemania with him and uh, he subsequently took a brick to his head and threw him in the Chattahoochee River yeah. I think is the is the gist of it saying that this was uh, the first of many times he's uh, disappeared a body Uh, He went on to clarify his remarks uh, in some interview and pretty much 100 percent confirmed that he murdered somebody. Yeah, Like there was a little air of mystery to his original uh, Facebook post, which the fact that Marty did this on um, Facebook just genetic is genetic. Yes, yes. Yes.
2: Sorry. Not (laughs) not this, Marty. (laughs) Genetic. Uh, uh,
1: You're not prevalent on the Facebooks. No, Uh, i (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, grinder you're very active Your uh, Facebook's incredibly not so, so. Much. Yeah. um the
2: you, you know chris i think i finally figured out what that alan jackson song chattahoochee is about <laughs> i didn't even know there was an alan jackson song called chattahoochee so
1: thanks for that did you look that up or did you know that
2: uh i i knew the song but i looked up
1: the artist. <laughs> How old is this song? Yeah, uh, uh, does the 90s, timeline sync up? Do 90s? we need to call the ghosts of Robert Stack for a new unsolved mystery here? <laughs>
2: yep. Alan Alan jo- Jackson knew about the Genetti murders and wrote okay. a song about them.
1: Okay. Was Alan Jackson from uh, from Georgia?
2: Uh, yes, yes, I do believe he is. So. Oh,
1: there you go. Well, there you go. That's all. It's the <laughs> the, uh, the stories. The story's falling into place now. Now, for as weird
2: as all all of this we week get was, Kevin
1: Dunn to direct the biopic.
2: He, absolutely, we should. Anything to get him out of the booth. Um, it will be Gone Boy. <laughs> yes, yes, if we're keeping the Fincher parallels going here. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'm totally fine with it. <laughs>
1: um, it Maybe w- alien. Does that aliens.
2: mean? I, does that mean Raw Underground's taking place in the panic room? Uh, <laughs>
1: uh,
2: I don't. Know. Wham, wham. If
1: I know Kevin Dunn, he probably has a. Uh, a life-size doll of Jodie Foster buried in there somewhere, so oh, wouldn't wouldn't oh, be surprised. Man. Or maybe one of Forrest Whitaker, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know Forrest
2: Whitaker, the only man who can act in two directions at once. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so for, oh, for as, as, Michaels. <laughs> for, as ter- for as terrible as all of that was, the <sighs> worst thing to happen in WWE this week actually happened on NXT but we'll talk about that when we talk about the Vince Night Wars because I, okay. I have strong opinions. Okay, on what all right. On NXT,
1: I thought you were going to say the worst thing this week to happen to Vince McMahon was uh, Dwayne Johnson buying the XFL from under him. <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, hey, that may have ruined Vince McMahon's week, but it made my week because we're going to get the return of the XFL update of the week. No, you we're not. better keep it in the show. I'm t- I'm, I'm tired of you cutting it out.
1: Not happening. You want to start doing post-production? I'll, 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 I'll relinquish that role to you easily. I'm buddy. just
2: saying, you're making more work for yourself by cutting out that chunk at the end of the show.
1: It's about uh, it's about standing true to my principles, Marty. Okay? okay? Listen to me. Look me in the eyes. Okay? Mm-hmm. Principles? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Okay? Okay. All right. So it's about sticking true to my buildings here. All right? <laughs> Let me have this. Two
2: buildings in one building, one of whom is balding. Continuing on... Um... <laughs> Other New uh, Japan stuff this week. So we said already, Yoshihashi won uh, <sighs> won the six man titles, not it, by himself. That would yeah. have been amazing. Uh, but we had the the continuation uh, of the never six man tag title tournament. To the shock and surprise of many, including myself, uh, it ended up being an all chaos finale.
1: Yeah, wow. it was the team of uh, Okada, uh, Toriano, and Sho versus mm-hmm. the aforementioned team of Yoshihashi, Haruki Goto, and uh, Tomohiro Ishii. Yeah. And, um, you know, at first, since, you know, all six guys are in the same faction of friends, it started being a little friendly. I did get to watch this this morning. Nice. I just watched this uh, this main. Um, it was fine. Uh, yeah. It wasn't like a, you know, a blockbuster match or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think the thing I got out of it the most is that Sho and Ishii uh, have some good chemistry, and i like to see more of them, hopefully, in uh, the G1, which yes. we'll get to in a minute.
2: Yes. Um, what is also interesting is we are in the build to the Summer Struggle Jingu Stadium show mm-hmm. uh, is some of the build that is occurring uh, not only for the King of Pro Wrestling uh tournament, I guess we'll call it, um, but also what's happening with a possible title challenge. So, Shingo Takagi, earlier this week, My dude. Uh, he went to Tokyo Sports and said that what he wanted to do was harken back to the last time New Japan Pro Wrestling was at Jingu Stadium, and he wanted to do, I shit you not, an exploding barbed wire match at Jingu Stadium, which...
1: I mean- Who's going to tell Shingo Takagi no?
2: Yeah. And <laughs> and like I said to you, Chris, uh, via Texas Week, look, if 2020 is a season finale on reality, I'm getting some weird things delivered to me. I didn't know I wanted that. But yeah. look, uh, crazy, ridiculous, stiff death matches like that were some of the first things I got into when I started tape trading as a teen. Because who doesn't want to see exploding barbed wire? I mean, come on. Uh, Shingo's my boy, so that sounds awesome. But then... We've got to see who he might be feuding with to said match, as this week the rivalry intensified between Shingo Takagi and Minoru Suzuki, the murder grandpa himself.
1: Oh, man. A match made in barbed wire explosion heaven right there. Yes.
2: Yes. Uh, Completely unexpected turn of events. Very excited. Very happy. Uh, and
1: yeah, it looks like uh, as of this morning's show, they had a tag match. It was um, it was Shingo and Sonata against Suzuki and Despi, I mm-hmm. think, mm-hmm. maybe um, I, don't know, I was skipping through uh, early on. But after the match, there was a well, uh, Suzuki had like basically choked out shingo oh wow uh, even even while sonata was pinning despi and shingo uh suzuki just didn't care he said no <laughs> i'm not gonna save my guy i'm just gonna keep choking out this guy uh which was uh, a very Minoru suzuki type decision to make but then they got in each other's face and they traded some words in japanese of which i do not speak but it sure seemed like um it was set for suzuki and shingo nice. to, to to tussle in about 20 days here
2: awesome awesome well uh also for that build for the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy, uh, oh. so we are we are getting some we are getting uh, the first official match announced. So uh, as was stated, there was going to be some challenge matches leading to the four way to decide the holder of the King of Pro Wrestling Trophy. Mm-hmm. Um, Okada issued the first accepted challenge, as Okada has challenged Yujiro. To a three-on-one handicap match where Okada's the one yeah. and Yujiro gets two other guys, who I assume will be Jado and Gato.
1: Yeah, I well, I mean, you know, those two together still make three-quarters of a normal person. Yes, so. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's not quite three-on-one. Um, but yeah, why? Well, I don't understand. I, I don't understand this. Like, is Yujiro Takahashi in line for some big push to the main event? No,
2: I I have no idea. Okada already beat the dude clean. Like, yeah. I don't I I don't get it. I don't want to see it. But you know what? I do want to see the two other people who have put their names in the hat, and I think who will be facing each other to get into King of Pro Wrestling: uh, uh, Satoshi Kojima and okay. El Desperado. OK, both guys <laughs> who I, I like really a lot. You know, I, I'm not going to say they're like my A-tier favorites in New Japan Pro Wrestling. I don't know. But Despy is uh, ascending De- Despy, the Despy's, Despy's definitely jumping up in rankings. But, uh, you know, Kojima, uh, though he's not as great as he was in, say, the early 2000s, he still yeah. has moments where he can go. I kind of really want to see that match. And I want to see where that goes. Um, but I guess there's also the possibility that we could see those guys throw down during G1 Climax 30, because as you were hinting toward, it was officially announced this week that the G1 will be happening starting in September and going through mid-October. So we've got uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, we got 19 shows that make up The tournament starting in Osaka on September 19th, ending at the Raigoku Sumo Hall uh, in the middle of uh, October. Um, It it was supposed to be in July into August, but it got pushed back due to the Olympic Games, which in and of itself got pushed back. So I'm guessing uh, we're going to see a similar shift in 2021. Uh, But I mean... This could be an interesting year because there aren't as many foreigners, at least in theory, that they, that they can bring in. Um, also, you pretty much have to put all the A players in the tournament.
1: Yeah. there so there is leaves the rest of the card lacking.
2: Yeah. you, you know the, the, mm-hmm. I, I don't see, foresee a scenario where you don't have any of the A guys on a given show, uh, which means it's going to be a harder tournament on everybody. Um, I yeah. mean, the, the G1's kind of a meat grinder for talent as is because it's literally you work or attempt to work the best matches of your career for a month in the middle of the summer. Um, now you have to do that and also try to make up for the fact that crowds can't really interact the way they used to. Actually, you know what? That does remind me. I wanted to ask you, since you watched the show, New Japan was um, pushing online the uh, New Japan Cheer app this is this is a legitimate thing uh they were that's what that was yeah they they were making it so fans via their smartphones could tap different buttons to cheer to boo to count one two three with the referee how did that work in practice chris
1: i didn't really recognize it uh I, i saw them looking at something on the app yeah. But, again, it was just Japanese commentary, so I didn't know what the fuck was going on. Gotcha. Um, and, you know, I – yeah, I, I didn't really get a good gauge on that.
2: Okay, okay. I I, I was wondering if it if it helped at all because, uh, you know, it, it's definitely nice to see New Japan in front of crowds. The
1: clapping only thing is a little weird. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I gauged my, I, I usually, you know, I gauged my uh, uh, everything by the uh, Japanese commentators. So if they were excited, I was excited.
2: Nice. Nice. That makes sense. Um, but yeah, it, 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 it definitely sounded odd and I, I was wondering how it was going to play out. Uh, but I can tell you something that's odd and I don't really want to see play out, but I know I'm going to. It's what happened on NXT this week, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go ahead and hop into those Wednesday Night Wars.
1: I did not watch NXT this week. Uh, didn't have the time. I wanted to get to some New Japan, so no I fore, foregone, forewent. Mm. I skipped it. Yeah. I <laughs> uh, did get all of uh, AEW, and I had a busy... Uh, busy tail end of the week a lot of medical records to go through pain in my ass no
2: worries no worries so let's let's just try Mm. to quickly get through nxt then because you hadn't seen it The show kicked off with a battle for the number one contendership of the nxt women's championship dakota kai and rhea ripley Um, Yeah,
1: Rhea Ripley regains her ascent to the top,
2: right? uh, No, Uh, although she basically spent the majority of the match beating the crap out of Dakota Kai. Um, Okay. uh, There was uh, one spot where Dakota Kai was up in her electric chair, and then Ripley dropped her face first on the apron. Okay. Which was really painful looking. Um, Which I think was a callback
1: to their match in the Mae Young Classic. I I saw a side-by-side gift. I think
2: you're correct. Yeah. It was not uh, as great a match as I wanted because I think a really good match between the two would have involved a bit more back and forth, but it was decent enough. But uh, toward the finish, uh, what happened was um, Mercedes Martinez interfered because, of course, Mercedes is part of the Robert Stone brand Ah. and uh, attacked Rhea Ripley, which allowed Dakota Kai to be able to get the pin.
1: Was it a distraction roll-up?
2: Um, it was a boot to the face, and then mm. uh, Dakota Kai was able to hit her go-to-kick. Gotcha. Okay. Yes.
1: Sorry, Rhea Ripley. Yeah. You're slumming it with a Robert Stone brand now.
2: Yes. Uh, all, uh, post-match, uh, Mercedes Martinez continued <clears> to beat down and hit an air raid crash on Rhea Ripley, which is one of my all-time favorite moves, not just in execution, but in title
1: it's a great uh, great title um i mean honestly rhea ripley mercedes martinez sounds like it could be yeah pretty pretty good pretty pretty, pretty, good. pretty
2: good could be Four. very enjoyable uh and i'm looking forward to dakota kai versus Yoshirai. shirai not just because it rhymes
1: <laughs> but because of that ass
2: well yes there's that too dark dakota yeah. great time
1: dark dakota clicks a lot of
2: checks a lot of boxes over here buddy <laughs> yes Wow. Bronson Reed defeated Shane Thorne in a battle of the Olesies. Um The Shane Thorne, excuse me, Shane Thorne, the Bronson That's, Reed, uh... rather, uh, uh, mm. push continues as Shane Thorne just got decimated, um, including uh, a really sick Death Valley driver towards the finish, um, which was uh, Bronson Reed hitting his flying
1: body press off the top. Yikes. And Shane Thorne is not Mikey Nichols. Correct. 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 And Mikey okay. Nichols is not Shane Thorne. Ah, uh, yes. I
2: see. Yes. I see.
1: Um, and Bronson Reed. Uh, I don't know if he's going to get chastised for this, uh, but after the Smackdown closing angle with the mm-hmm. bunch of uh, juvenile delinquents. Yes. He tweeted out that he could have taken on all, all 20 of them or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, because they look like fucking children, and Bronson yes. reads. uh I believe the technical term is "big thick boy."
2: Yes, um, yes. that
1: they're using for him. So T
2: H I double C.
1: They, you know, you just throw a throw, throw a third C on there. Yeah, why not? Thick.
2: Brazango mm-hmm. thick. Yes. arrived to the arena, and this was okay. earlier in the day. So why something more hadn't been done about this, I don't know. But they arrived at the arena when they were insulted by El Legado del Fantasma. Okay. Uh, Santos I'm Escobar and his boys then them. kidnapped Fandango. Uh, basically, I think most of Orlando <laughs> crime occurs in and around the PC at this point.
1: How do they? How have they not employed their own police uh, force? I mean, even <laughs> if it's like the actual big boss man dead. That's
2: academy.
1: why. Like <laughs> they get, had big boss fucking... man. Get 2020. Take Cobb
2: County, Georgia.
1: 2020 Michael Winslow. Okay, <laughs> Bubba Smith's dead. You can't use him. Gutenberg uh, is doing cameos for John Oliver, so he's yes. around. Yes. Get Gutenberg. Um, David Graff is probably fucking blowing up a piece of the nation with a MAGA hat on right now, so we can leave him <laughs> out. Uh, let's see. Who else we got? Um, uh, Callahan? I think Callahan's still alive. She was in... Uh, I think the last thing i saw her in was the rob zombie halloween movie i was like i recognize those titties anyway <laughs> um get get those get the police academy okay mm-hmm. uh get them mm-hmm. to work at full sail as the police force for nxt this is why and, i wish uh, we had
2: a soundboard set up i'd just start potting up the theme for
1: it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. one of the greatest themes in film history i'll fight yes. anybody who says yes. otherwise uh but you know you have them there they stop the uh the kidnappings um they you know, they, they stop ca- the the quote-unquote antifa uh yeah. crew right uh, oh my gosh yes they Did take want... out the ninjas don't yeah. forget a character's always got ninjas they're not. They're not. They're different. They're not the same. They uh, are not the same. They're not uh, domestic terrorists. Yeah. One, uh, one of
2: the ninjas, actually, I think it was uh, this week on Raw, was it, Was clearly Ricochet. <laughs> uh, oh, <no. laughs> which tells you how well he's doing.
1: Wait, they're still doing the ninjas? Of course they are. I thought that was like a one-off thing. No. Oh, no. Boy. Akira Tozawa still leads a group of ninjas. Anyway, call up Mahoney. Bring him to the PC or to full sale. And uh, hilarity ensues. It shit writes itself, man. Come on, hire me. I'm right here. Uh, uh, I can do this what? remotely. It's, it's, I don't have to come down. It's certainly better. In fact, I'd rather not come. To it's Florida. certainly
2: better than what they've got going. Um, and and continuing on in that, the latest qualifier match for the ladder match for the North American Championship. <clears throat> Pardon me. Damian Priest ends up defeating Oni Lorkin and Ridge Holland
1: oh really i wouldn't have guessed that yes with those three. who the fuck's ridge holland
2: ridge holland is an nxt uk guy ex-rugby player he actually looked kind of good in this did um, he have a beard no no weirdly enough did not have a beard then um, how
1: is he on the nxt uk brand? i know right uh he's not in uniform uh, <laughs> captain harris would have yeah. words with him about yeah,
2: that yeah yeah if you're part of the nxt <laughs> roster oh, if you're part, if you're part of the nxt roster you need to be a white guy with a beard with some serious sexual assault allegations
1: <laughs> and like to mess with people's fingers. Yes. And a non-sexual may, but maybe sexual. Mm. Way.
2: <laughs> anyway, Damien priest joins the uh, ladder match. By the way, someone's pointed out that the original North American title ladder match may be the most cursed match in NXT history.
1: Oh man. So who was in that? You had Ricochet, Johnny Gargano,
2: Hang on. I, I will give you the exact rundown of, Cole. of, of who was to... in it. Uh,
1: uh, Roddy? No, it was Roddy, not Cole.
2: It was... Uh, hang on. Uh, Ricochet, was... Adam Cole, EC3, yeah. Velveteen Dream, Killian Dane, and Lars Sullivan. Ricochet has been oh, put wow. into main event duty. Adam Cole, more on his sad fate in a minute. EC3 is gone. Velveteen Dream has been basically written Rushed out of existence. Under the Killian Dane, so far okay, and Lars Sullivan uh, blew up his Still knees. Still employed? Still employed, yeah. but his knees got blown up.
1: Okay. So, yeah, that, right. that
2: match is cursed, which means can film, I can't can wait film? to see what happens in this one.
1: I, I will say, Lars Sullivan can film a lot of gay for pay when he's uh, oh, recouping on, his knees there. Undoubtedly.
2: Undoubtedly. Yeah.
1: That, that's
2: a great way, actually, to make amends for everything he said.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh,
2: keith lee defeated cameron grimes in a non-title match not really okay. a big shock but that was more just to uh build out uh more of the uh carrying cross keith lee build um because uh post-match the arena lights go out scarlet's yelling over the not sabu unfortunately oh. scarlet's yelling over she the loudspeaker then carrying cross is on she a video there? screen <laughs> Uh, with a message for Keith Lee. He beat up a bunch of people backstage, and he says he wants a title match. I thought he already got given a title match
1: last wasn't, week. Yeah, wasn't this already confirmed
2: yeah, at this point? pretty dumb. But speaking of dumb, here's more dumb things. We got a video from William Regal. Okay. Who explained that Dexter Loomis suffered an ankle injury in the triple threat last week and is out of the ladder match at TakeOver.
1: Was 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 it on the maneuver that they had to the reshoot with him trying to do the ricochet? It was! That's hysterical. <laughs>
2: okay.
1: It was. So, okay, so he's out now.
2: Yes, so he's out. So what out. are they going to do? So here's what they're going to do. Next week, they have a triple threat. Uh, the triple uh, uh,
1: threat. So as, well, as it I, stands right now, who's in the match? As it stands right now. On, Damian me. Priest, Bronson Reed. Um, and that's y- it, right? Cause that's it that was the three it was dexter loomis he's out okay okay so there are two in currently there are two in currently okay i'm trying to do the 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 booker t math here
2: yes for steiner so next week on nxt to get what is now the third person in it we have kushida versus cameron grimes versus a mystery opponent okay so it'll be the winner of that match
1: that's All person right.
2: number three. How are they going to figure out four and five? Poor Kushida. Well, both Johnny Gargano and um, Finn Balor had complained to William Regal that-
1: That they lost a that qualifying
2: match? They lost qualifying matches without being pinned. Ah, oh, for fuck's sake. So they're going to take the four losers who did uh. not actually get pinned- And put them in two singles matches. So, Ridge Holland, Johnny Gargano, Finn Balor, and whoever in this three-way, that includes a mystery opponent, doesn't actually get pinned. They will face off in singles matches to figure out participants four and five. Someone looked at the explanation of the New Japan King of Pro Wrestling thing and went, we can do worse.
1: Yeah. Jesus Christ. That's like some fucking Goodwill hunting style math right there. If that I just they had explained
2: this along the way. Cool. But you're 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 balancing so many different variables at once. Because we still have another three-way that includes a mystery opponent that we don't know about yet, that hasn't even happened, that is implicated in these two subsequent matches that will include the person who didn't get pinned in that match, who might be the mystery opponent we don't know, going against those three other guys who weren't pinned in the prior qualifying matches because one of the original qualifiers got injured.
1: Really? Well, William Regal needs to, uh, you know, toughen up a little bit, (laughs) tell these people to go fuck off, All right. This doesn't make a lick of damn sense, sunshine. (laughs) <laughs> go uh, go go toss yourself or something. I don't, yeah. I don't know that. I'm sorry to to paul on our British people, I'm, I'm and, not I'm not good at British insults outside of calling somebody a cunt, which I'm really good at.
2: Oh, you can call him a tosser. That's that's a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, tosser is a good one. El Ranger, legato del Fantasma was back. They were dragging a helpless Dango into the
1: arena so he was kidnapped and then unkidnapped. Mm-hmm. Yes. Gotcha.
2: Saying that Lucha Libre culture is important and it's art and it shouldn't be exploited for money. But Fandango spoofed it. He said uh, Escobar said he was angry at Fandango and Tyler Breeze for mocking his culture. And then he said the disrespect rights ends right now. So they went to beat up Fandango when Tyler Breeze made the save. He was attacked and beat down. And then... Santos Escobar issued a warning to Isaiah Swerve Scott, who wasn't in the segment at all. <laughs> so si- six man.
1: Okay, sure. I mean, can we get a uh, can we get Swerve in a uh, in a fashion police uh, honorary position? I- I'd be
2: cool with it. I'd be cool with it. Yeah. Damian Priest and Bronson Reed were yelling at each other backstage, which will set up a singles match for next week. Um, Why?
1: Why? Why if you're if you're having these guys in a, in a, ladder, a ladder, match? ladder match to determine a champion? Why would you put them in a situation where one of them has to lose? Pat McAfee joined the broadcast booth for <laughs> guest
2: commentary, and let me tell you, that's a guy who is fantastic at commentary. He's not and who's Pat McAfee again? He is a former kicker for the NFL right. who
1: has a podcast. Lonesome Kicker
2: Adamson hosted pre-show stuff and has a podcast
1: so I, I saw a uh on twitter i saw a description of pat mcafee as dane cook not far removed as people of a certain age group are super into him who will probably in 10 years look back on that time in their life and say what the fuck was i thinking Yeah, something along those lines i don't remember where exactly it was somewhere on twitter
0: yeah
1: um Personally, I don't regret my Dane Cook uh, fandom back in the day. I still think some of that shit was funny. Uh, It definitely went way too far. (laughs) I'm not going to say that it didn't. I I, I will just say universally. may have been stolen, but they were still pretty funny.
2: Universally, when you as a comedian start to play arenas, you're fucking done. Like, like I, I, I can't think of a comedian who's moved to play in arenas that remained funny
1: uh well funny and successful are two different things
2: yeah successful Uh, you know is definitely its own thing but i i I, I think once you're playing arenas you've gotten too big and you've lost the plot but that that's yeah but
1: you can make a shit ton more money man
2: i don't i don't disagree but you know is that
1: the the whole thing art versus commerce at the end of the day It, it all depends on what the comedian's mindset is yeah you know um i i wonder what dane cook is worth these days
2: i don't know you should ask the 22 year olds he dates I'm sure they <laughs> oh is he,
1: uh, is he uh see is he into that sort of thing
2: yes i mean <laughs> he's no jeff ross man read that vulture article this week that was a rough read oh i,
1: I missed that is jeff ross a uh jeff uh, ross
2: was dating a 15 year old when he was 33
1: oh no yeah Uh, where are this child's parents
2: it, it gets into all that it, it, it's 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 a read it's a read mm. worth getting into even if you if you feel a little dirty afterwards mm. i just got to say jeff ross always kind of sh- kind of rubbed me the wrong way
1: i mean just i mean i hate to judge a book by his cover but, but look, at look, look at the yeah, guy yeah, 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 yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah no i'm with Looks you like a skeevy
1: skeevy creep
2: yeah anyway pat mcafee joined commentary there was okay. a tegan mox uh, tegan mox tegan knox
1: Oh, wow. Tegan and uh, John Moxley, yeah, huh? Is yeah, that, that's uh, their team. Renee name. can't be happy.
2: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Tegan Knox had a match with Indy Hartwell that really just generally got ignored because commentary spoke only to Pat McAfee.
1: Okay. Tegan Knox won, though, so good for her. How, how was Pat McAfee on commentary? Terrible. Okay.
2: But you'll understand why he was there in just a moment as Imperium mm-hmm. had the main event defending the NXT. Oh, he's joining Imperium. Titles.
1: He's teaming up with Volta.
2: They they were defending the NXT Tag Team titles against the Undisputed Era team of Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish, Red Dragon, together once again. They were supported by Adam Cole and Roddy Strong. Baby. Um Fabian Eichner ends up getting the pin because the Undisputed Era got distracted by Adam Cole and Pat McAfee brawling at ringside. Okay. After the match, McAfee. Got in Adam Cole's face and told him that he will always be, quote, a tiny, itty-bitty, short little bitch. Itty-bitty was the actual phrase used. Yes. And then <clears throat> McAfee punted him like he was Randy fucking Orton. Okay. So Triple H got in McAfee's face.
1: Oh boy. Oh Papa. Papa H coming to the rescue of the former top guy of your brand. Okay. And
2: what what really underlines how much of a top guy this is? Triple H issued the challenge for Adam Cole to <laughs> Pat McAvee on ESPN <laughs> for takeover. <laughs> so Adam Cole not only
1: Dead. Dead on arrival, <laughs>
2: not done. only got made like isn't the whole thing in pro wrestling it's accentuate, accentuate the positives high the negatives?
1: Mm-hmm. Like
2: I, I I I know I know we've made fun of Adam Cole's height before. I know I'm a big fan of the look at this dude video, but like you don't do that with your... literally your top star. And mm-hmm. now you have to have him carry a talentless nobody in a match.
1: Like, and it's just like a It is a not match.
2: far removed from either one of us working a match with Adam Cole.
1: Look man. Lawrence Taylor, Bam Bam Bigelow. WrestleMania 11.
2: And Bam Bam became such a huge star after that. Who can forget? That's my point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, he was uh he did have a bit part in the uh, film Major Pain, which I will never forget. That's true. That's true. Um That's about it. Yeah. The only (laughs) thing he could do to save
2: himself was go to ECW and just be an absolute beast there. Like that's all he could do. And Damn. damn. Yeah. Like I, if you are Adam Cole and you are just going, should I have signed that four year extension or should I have jumped to be with my friends and girlfriend?
1: First of all, if I'm Adam Cole, I'm probably putting a ring on that. Uh, yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. I that, I'm not that sure in what the delay is, is a, there.
1: That's is a, a suspect thing. sort of mm-hmm. thing. I don't know what uh, what the car rides with him and Roddy are all about, but yeah, um, yeah. yeah. Is the, why why is the undisputed era still a thing at this point? Let, let's. I mean, because well, at least okay. in NXT, like bump those motherfuckers
2: up. You needed a, a, a new stable to pop up and run roughshod on Raw. You and had one it years it for years. Yeah. Yeah, you have. But you had one and it was damned interesting and it could have been really cool. But you've ru- you've literally ruined
1: that. So where was Roderick Strong when Pat McAfee was beating up Adam Cole? Oh, they were there. <laughs> <laughs> Why was it Triple H and not Red Dragon and uh, Roddy Strong? Why was Triple uh, hmm. Had, was it like, oh shit, uh, Triple H was like, I haven't been on TV in six weeks. I, I need to... I, I, a... I don't know.
2: I, I, I can't give you a logical answer to any of this. Because it, it, I know we've kind of walked around the idea that NXT's booking has kind of fallen apart, especially since... Kind of? We, well, well I'm, I'm being kind here. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to totally motherfuck this thing. Okay. Because NXT's done enough good to give me the benefit of the doubt. But um, they're running out of goodwill. Exactly. Since fall last year, since they moved to USA, there's been a very, very strong decline in the quality of NXT and the storytelling of NXT. So much of NXT that, that was great was it was just simple, no bullshit. That guy's a champ. Everyone's gunning for that guy. That gal's a champ. All ladies are gunning for her. Let's just have kick-ass matches and
1: build things up. It's become a WWE third brand uh, fully now. Yes. It's not its own thing. Yeah. And, and, and that comes with all of the
2: good and the bad of that. The good being that they're on network television and to my understanding a lot of guys are have better paying deals now, which is awesome. Get paid. So proud of you. Right? But the show itself has become a, a a slog to watch. Like there, there's, I don't give a shit about the Robert Stone brand at all. I don't, I don't find it funny or interesting. I'm glad Mercedes Martinez is getting a push. Rhea Ripley was like the next woman star,
1: mm-hmm.
2: and she's she got just to the
1: flare machine.
2: Yeah, she's just another woman now.
1: And sh- where's Charlotte? <laughs>
2: yeah, exactly. Where, where's Charlotte? We never got to see how that. Would pay off. Yeah. Um, I mean, do they have some things at work? Uh, El legato del Fantasma is interesting. You're still, for some reason, pushing Dexter Loomis like anyone gives a shit. Um, Johnny Gargano still exists. Is an all right heel, but I don't. I don't care anywhere near as much about him. Tommaso Ciampa Ciampa is even gone. on TV. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Karrion Cross could not be more the Triple H E Fed character than, you know, it, it, unless it was really Triple H in front of a GeoCities page writing this out.
1: Um, <laughs> no, it's Angel Fire.
2: Yeah, tr- fair, fair. Um, <laughs> Keith Lee's probably the only, like, positive thing I could point to right now in NXT.
1: Yeah, I mean, but what's mind boggling and the most frustrating thing is that the amount of talent that they have there is remarkable, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, it's,
2: and it's the same problem as with the main roster of WWE. You can have all the talent in the world, but if you don't give them good shit to do, no one cares. But yeah. that's why you have I mean, to... We, we were the biggest... Yeah, sorry, yeah. go ahead. Please.
1: No, we were, we were the biggest NXT, you know, supporters this time last year. We were... Super into it. Everything was 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 going great, and for us to be spending 15 minutes talking about how terrible an episode of TV was and how little logic is in their booking, and you know, we've complained about the increase in stupid melodrama, thanks HBK, um, and a bunch of other things that have just made it's it's NXT isn't NXT anymore. It's it's right. Not this right. It's not what we. Oh God, it sounds so fucking hack to say this, but it's not the. Pro wrestling product we fell in love with. It's become institutionalized under the WWE house style. And yeah. that is something that does not appeal to you and I and our tastes for pro wrestling these days. Yeah. It's just, and, you know, maybe once we hit that golden age of 50 plus again, uh, which they're <laughs> crushing in the ratings, that, yeah. uh, you know, the only demo they're doing anything in is 50 plus. Um, and I don't know if this is. Because of that, or if the ratings are, you know, which which came first sort of thing, the chicken and yeah, the egg, yeah. um, which is a product of which. But all I know is it's a product I really don't care two shits about right now.
2: Yeah, no, I, I, I'm with you. And it, it's incredibly frustrating and disappointing because there are so many legitimate A player talents in that company right now, in that brand right now that I would love to see. Now, look, maybe it was just a bad show. Because we were talking last week about how bad Dynamite was and yeah. how concerned we were becoming with how everything was playing out. Let's look what was on the other side of the dial this week. Dynamite was a fucking great show.
1: It was. It was pretty well put together unless you're a woman.
2: <laughs> fair point. Fair point. Uh, <laughs> that reminds me, we didn't talk about it. The, the uh, Deadly AEW Draw. deadly Oh well, oh. no. We can talk about AEW heels too. Um, the the deadly draw tournament did start on Monday. That's the oh, yeah. women's uh, tag cup tournament. Forgot um to that. Uh, Well, what I can say is I understand why it wasn't on TV because not everyone's there yet. Um, but in terms of what happened on the show itself, we had some interesting new talent added to the broadcast side of things. Yeah. Uh, as uh, the ring announcing was being done by Shaul Guerrero. Uh, who is Eddie's daughter, and I thought she actually did a a really good job of it. Uh, She's also
1: Vicky's daughter, who is uh, under contract with AEW. Fair, fair. And Aiden English's uh, wife.
2: Yes. Also. Yes. Uh, Hopefully we don't see Aiden Aiden English (laughs) pop up anytime soon. Did you see that? Did we talk about that terrible fucking slam poetry video he put up on on Twitter? No. Ooh, I'll share that with you. That was a fucking, fucking hard thing to watch. Anyway, um... We had Medusa show up to introduce the tournament, uh, just to sort of port it over. And the part that made my heart a flutter and and legitimately made me very very happy veda scott made yeah. her aew debut doing commentary alongside tony Schiavone, and she was damn good at it too
1: good yeah i'm I'm happy to hear that i was yeah. always a, a fan of her in ring of honor she's a sweetheart met her a couple times uh with my deal with roh back in the day
0: Yellis.
1: um but uh i'm happy that she's getting a chance here and hopefully it leads to uh you know More uh, opportunities within AEW, Uh, hopefully not before they hire Justin, but, you know, it is what it is. Justin has a penis, and he wouldn't do well for this, I don't think.
2: Uh, Yeah, yeah, probably not the best case scenario. And he would have had a hard time, especially with that first round match, uh, as it was the Nightmare Sisters, uh, Allie and Brandi Rhodes, uh, that went against Penelope Ford and Mel, not very good at all. Um, unsurprisingly, the Nightmare Sisters went over. Uh, they're, they're doing an angle now where Brandy is a is the heel of the two. Um, okay. Brandy, like, they did a, a promo at the end of the show where Brandy's talking about how, like, you know, she's the, the brand officer, and she's got all these followers on Instagram, and how she's gonna make uh. Allie a star, and uh, I'm okay with it. It's definitely a turn-yourself-up-to-11 idea. It, it's certainly better than Voodoo Priestess Brandy. How, um,
1: how many gimmick changes has Brandi Brandy Rhodes has, had yes. in
2: under a year? Yes, she went from uh, Brandy in general to Cody the, second, to, coming out
1: with Cody. Then yes. she went to the, uh, the Voodoo Nightmare Prince Collective.
2: Yeah, then she was back to being Cody second. Then right. she was then, Dustin second, also, and now we then have the this. Natural
1: Nightmares with Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's there's – I mean, look. Some I guess something's gonna work eventually. (laughs) I I I don't I don't know. I mean, it was ridiculous to have both Arn and Brandy out there with Cody for these matches. Yeah. Um basically and essentially because every match became a spot where Cody had to save Brandy. I mean you can only do that so many times. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, when you're the the CBO, you get to you know, rebrand yourself as many times as possible, I guess. Rebrandy yourself, if you will. Uh, I will not. Okay. And then the other match that was
2: shown uh was Anna Jay and Tay Conti going against Nyla Rose and Ariane Andrew, um, the former Cameron from WWE. This also was fine. Um yeah. Anna Jay and, and Tay Conti as a duo I think have uh really got something special there. Um okay. and, and Tay Conti, although uh rough around the edges she is showing that she has a lot more there than you would have thought from NXT. Um, yeah.
1: Well, she's also like a legit judo champ too,
2: right? Yes. Yes. And she did yeah. throw a judo throw or three in there. Uh, Ariana. Uh, yeah. Uh, Ariane um, uh, Andrew was basically just there to get beaten up and squashed. Okay. So Nyla Rose and uh, Ariane are out of the tournament in post match Nyla Rose murdered Ariane. So uh,
1: Fall Guy Ari Ariane.
2: Yeah, so that ended that. But yeah, uh, really the the only thing we're seeing of that first show is the main event, if just to see the Anna J Te Conti duo who uh I TJ. Uh, Yes, Team Tay J I'm I'm a big fan of. Um anyway. Okay. Dynamite this week, it was a pre-taped episode, and no Excalibur, although he's apparently going to be back this week live on Dynamite. So it was Taz, Tony Schiavone, and JR, and um, I feel like they were doing way better as a trio this week than they did in the prior episode of Dynamite.
1: I feel like, uh, and I think you mentioned this, Tony... um yeah, Tony took the reins a little more. Yes. Um and was and was driving the bus a little more than normal and it seemed to be less JR which is uh good. Yes, because, again, I'll say this every week until something happens about it. The two my two least favorite parts of Dynamite are the J.R.'s, (laughs) Justin Roberts and Jim Ross. Yes. Uh, You can always tell whenever during the week when I'm watching Dynamite, if I tweet out something uh, besmirching Justin Roberts because he fucking sucks at his job and I hate him.
2: Yeah, you are not a fan. Uh, But the show kicked off with all 12 men, 12 men rather. Uh, In the ring and ready to throw down, it was the Dark Order of Mr. Brody Lee, Colt Cabana, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, five, aka Allen, Angels, and nine, who I have no idea who it was, uh, (laughs) against the Young Bucks, Nick and Matt Jackson, FTR, uh, Dax Harwood, and Cash Wheeler, Hangman Page, and Kenny Omega. This was everything that 10 men last week should have been. Uh, Just a fun, silly, exciting match with crazy spots and a nice bit of drama. I don't know if Dax Harwood's injury is legit. Um,
1: cause he went down with a knee injury. Um, yeah. And the doc doc Sampson came over, but you know, that could have been a work as well. So. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It's, it, 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 it's hard to say cause yeah. that led to something that I think will become a story point eventually, which was Kenny was left in the ring all by himself, getting beat up by the dark order. Right. Which feeds into the whole Kenny being kind of
1: ostracized by everyone
2: thing going on right now yeah
1: but then hangman came back at a very opportune time which made me think that it was more of a work
2: yes um but uh just great man great match callbacks to things that haven't even been on tv uh they brought back the being the elite angle of uh kenny omega heading colt cabana i believe when he tagged in and went after colt he just yelled i'll kill you you son of a bitch (laughs) which uh 10 out of 10 for that um (laughs) Uh, And Brody Lee ends up getting the pin. Uh, Page started to do the the last call. Omega got pulled out by a member of the Dark Order. Uh, Lee ducked the Buckshot Lariat and then threw a Discus Lariat of his own. And and I now really want a Brody lee Hangman Page singles match.
1: Yeah, and Page sold the hell out of it. Because it didn't look like he nailed all of it. Um, Yeah. But... Page sold the shit out of it. Uh, and it was a little surprising to see him take the uh, take the L there, being, uh, being a champ. But, um, you know, if it opens it up to Brody and Colt to go for the eight titles at some point, then mm-hmm. I'm fine with that. Yeah. that match.
2: Really, really fun match. Put the Dark Order over Strong. And then we went to the back as the best friends were shown arriving in Trent's mom's van.
1: Chekhov's minivan. If yes. You will.
2: Yes. Thank you, Chucky e. T, for that. Yeah.
1: Um, Chucky e. T had a great week on Twitter. He,
2: he always does. He, always he just deletes things. a lot of it. <laughs> 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 I think sometime last week he was posted something about uh, I want to do nothing but chair shots, screw CTE. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Then we had John Moxley cutting a promo for the main event of the evening. I loved this promo. Uh, yeah. Basically, John Moxley playing uh, Wizen Deathmatch Dad, saying, "You know, I I understand where Darby's been. I know he's trying to work through some shit by you know hurting himself and taking all of these risks. But uh, understand, when I tell you to stay down, you should stay down." Yeah. And it was
1: it, it was well performed. I mean, the parallels between the two are you know apparent, and uh, you know a bit, bit of foreshadowing in there as well.
2: Yes. Then we had Best Friends against Proud and Powerful, a.k.a. Santana and Ortiz, and I just want to say again for the record how much I love Proud and Powerful's theme. It yeah. is it, it, There's a few AEW – like, the AEW theme uh, library has some highs and lows, but there are a yeah. few that are absolute bangers, and that's just – like, it, it feels big time, and I, I, I really
1: enjoy it. Um, yeah. Well, the way they present themselves helps, too.
2: A hundred percent. But uh, they put over the fact that uh, Proud and Powerful had been on a uh, I think it was like a five week winning streak or something like mm-hmm. that, which, of course, told you that the best friends were going to get the win. And it also felt like it was going to be the beginning of, of an ongoing story here, Yeah. Um, because while as good as it was, it felt like they still were, you know, a, a step or two behind of their maximum abilities as as
1: teams yeah chucky e. t had a fantastic showing in that match too yes. dude looked like a million bucks
2: yeah yeah the, the hot tag he had looked fucking great and um i liked that the finish came out of nowhere it was it was very yeah. it was it was very much a, a surprise win uh and santana ortiz their facials upon oh, realizing dude. they lost
1: when we're so good up and had that shocked face up huh? i, I yeah. popped it was yes
2: yes we went back to the back as we had MJF with his campaign staff um, just saying uh, that uh, he was kind of hoping that Darby Allen would win because he would really hate to have to face a 125-pound emo kid.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Great line. I love yes. the campaign headquarters idea yes. for, for MJF. Yeah. Uh, I kind of want... I kind of want a Veep-style uh, team <laughs> him at yes. some point, uh, yes. which would be hysterical. <laughs> yeah. Let's make that happen. I, I, I like that a lot. Uh,
2: and then we had Matt Hardy already in the ring, cutting a promo. And I, I got to be honest, this started really weird. Um, maybe it was like the way the crowd noise was set up, but it was really distracting, and it felt really odd and artificial. And also, I don't know entirely... If I agreed with the premise of the promo, which was Matt was talking about how, you know, he wanted to, to, uh,
1: come help mold mold the
2: future and, and he was listening to the fans and, and from what he heard from the fans, they, they didn't want Damascus. They didn't want, you know, the switch of the characters. And I'm like. No, that's exactly what I want like, okay, yeah, that was,
1: I, 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 I was into that, that That's the, the only way I want that, to see you I, I don't want yeah. to
2: see, you know, work rate Stronger Matt Hardy death, Matt Yeah, because yeah,
1: yeah. he can barely walk <laughs>
2: Yes, exactly um, But he said, you know, Guevara um, Was one of the guys Who wanted to help the most But Guevara turned against him And uh, he didn't I want to he help Sammy Jericho. yeah you know, He didn't want to help him anymore, he wanted to hurt him So out comes Sammy, they have a brawl Apparently this went very wrong um, so, uh, Hardy went to set up a table, then Guevara, right. uh, posted Hardy. And I feel like Matt legit bladed there. Cause like after he, he hit the post, he was like touching his forehead. And then
1: well, it was the chair? Wasn't well,
2: it? Well, that's the thing. He got put on the table and then Sammy threw a chair. And then there was even more blood. So I think it was like he bladed. And then because of the way he threw the chair, it just split it the fuck open.
1: Maybe I was trying to watch uh, and I didn't I didn't i was looking for a time where he could have and i yeah. didn't catch it but you know yeah. that doesn't mean that it didn't happen the blading i mean
2: um but uh apparently sammy got yelled at for which chair he threw apparently there's a gimmicked chair or a lighter chair he was oh. supposed to use and he couldn't find it so he just took the ringkeeper chair which is a lot heavier and chucked yeah. it matt's head <laughs> uh-huh. um but then uh Basically, Hardy hit like let's call it uh, a five out of ten on a uh, Eddie Guerrero at Judgment Day uh, meter, uh, and Sammy went on the stage, went to dive off the stage, and basically in real time you could see him go, "Oh shit, there's lights there," yeah. <laughs> and he hit like this weird six thirty ish flip. It's like a four twenty
1: five. Yeah, yeah. Because he landed like on his his shoulders. Like, yeah, the brunt of the impact was Sammy's shoulders into Matt's gut, and that had like Matt had a rough night. That was yeah, that was a tough couple spots there.
2: Not not very good time for him. Uh, but then very quickly they cut back from that to the parking lot as Santana Ortiz are destroying
1: Sue's van. I will say it was very obvious that that was pre-recorded it wasn't like I I like the idea of oh we're you know we're getting word from the back that something's happening out by the van and then you have like a camera rushing to catch something right right that makes the cameras on the inside
2: really gave it yeah
1: yeah yeah just I mean I know we're it's a pro wrestling podcast I'm aware of that but you know you gotta you gotta feed into the to the belief every now and then
2: yeah but they uh, just beat the crap out of it they uh, sprayed Sue on spray paint on the front of the van and then put an X over it. Yeah. Tough time. I will
1: say the uh the final bit where uh I don't remember what it was. I it may have been Ortiz, uh, as they were walking off, just threw the sledgehammer behind and it got stuck in the windshield yes. in a perfect position was yes. mwah, was yes. very well, very well executed there. Very, very good.
2: Then we had the uh debut of Matt Cardona as this him and Cody against the Dark Order team of Alex Reynolds and John Silver. This was a weird match. A very weird match, because in a match that was supposed to be like the big-time debut of Matt Cardona, I walked away with it going, damn, Alex Reynolds and John Silver are great. <laughs> yeah, and I still don't know which one of those is which. Which one looks like Pac? Uh, the one with long hair is Alex Reynolds. The okay. short guy who is jacked as all hell is John yeah, Silver. Guy.
1: That's John Silver, okay.
2: Yeah. Well, the thing that, when you told me the Pack looking guy well alex reynolds has long dark hair and a beard so he kind of looks like pack in that regard
1: now the short jacked guy who had the crisp kicks that's yes. why that's where okay pack okay yeah that's, that's
2: john silver that's john silver yes okay. the the very very jacked tiny dude yeah yeah yeah. Um,
1: but they looked great. They looked amazing. They like, I, I legit walked away from this going, holy shit, Alex Reynolds and John Silver are really good. Dude, they had that one sequence in the middle of the match or towards the end of the match where yeah. it was just like six tandem maneuvers back to back. that yeah. looked fucking dope.
2: Yeah. Uh, and also, apparently, this match, uh, or I don't know if it was directly because of this match, but they had they'd only been on a per appearance deal for AEW, which is funny because really? they've been jobbers since, like, the third yeah. Dynamite. Um, They got official deals this good. week. So, good for them. Good on you Alex Reynolds and John Silver. I I had heard of both guys. They'd been pretty big uh f- for uh Beyond Wrestling up in New England. Okay. Um so uh, you know, it's cool to see indie guys get a spot like this and ultimately get signed. But the weirdest thing about this was like this was the big time debut of Matt Cardona, the former Zack Ryder, and he looked fine. He looked, you know, perfectly competent in the ring. Yeah. But Nothing about this appearance was like, look at this new megastar for yeah. AEW.
1: Yeah, well, the match wasn't booked that way. Yeah. And, you know, he didn't really get the chance to shine. Um, although, admittedly. Uh, much to my chagrin, uh, the Rough Rider has been renamed Radio Silence, which is an amazing fucking name for a finisher. And it's I a, will it's admit It's a
2: very, that. very good name, uh, you know, both as a finisher name and in general, but also to hearken uh, to his prior oh, stints. Yeah.
0: Radio. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, yeah. And, and it was double weird because there was like, you know, the post-match promo that I posted on Twitter where Matt Cardona basically just said, well, you know, I'm here and I'm
1: going to have matches. way to really shoot for the stars there matt yeah yeah Yeah. i I feel like this is just the interim deal to get him some extra money that he can blow on more uh, action figures probably probably but the bit that made me very
2: excited was post-match while cody's making his way to the back scorpio sky walks up tapping on that title
1: yeah so apparently on dark he beat somebody and then cut a really awesome impassioned passionate promo, mm-hmm. um, which I didn't catch, but I saw people tweet about. Um, yeah. And I am 100% here for Scorpio Sky, you know, getting a showcase match against Cody here. Yeah. Uh, it would be great if he won, but I don't see that happening at this point, yeah. uh, mainly because Cody's on the. Poster for All Out with seeing yes, the center with, with the, the TNT, TNT championship, championship On there
2: Yeah, so That reminds me apparently this Wednesday we get to see The finished TNT title Oh man, yeah
1: it only took two months
2: Yeah thanks Rona oh, We yeah. had best friends cutting a promo in front of uh, Sue's van uh, I, I love fired up best friends promos Because it reminds me of like NWA Like rock and roll express promos They just get all fired up and crazy but then there's the weird Goofy twist that is them yeah. which was Trent saying they're going to get Santana and
1: Ortiz back and they're going to apologize to Sue on speakerphone. <laughs> <laughs> which may have been the funniest bit until they zoomed out and you saw that the van was on cinder blocks, <laughs> uh, which was fucking just mwah, chef's kiss. I was all yes. for that.
2: Yes. Uh, we had uh, just before the commercial, Sammy Guevara came back and did his 24. gimmick with the cards, which made me very happy.
1: What was it about? I didn't. I don't get any of the PMP's picture and picture stuff on uh, on the TNT app. Um, after.
2: It, it was more just you know him talking about how it's been a while, but uh, he, he had a card that said that Chris Jericho was a master debater. <laughs> nice. Uh, and then it was time for the Super Wednesday 2020 debate.
1: I will happily eat crow on this.
2: Yes, right there with you. Thought this was going to be really bad. Justin Roberts introduced the moderator, who turned out (laughs) to be Eric Bischoff. Okay. No real shtick there. And then he introduced Orange Cassidy and Chris Jericho. And the whole way this worked was uh, Bischoff was reading, quote-unquote, fan questions. I don't know if they were real or not. not. Um, But... It was all about Jericho just running Orange Cassidy down, talking trash, and O.C. had nothing to say. And then uh, uh, there was a question about rising sea levels. Right, and global warming. What would you do to combat global warming and rising sea levels? And Jericho's just like, that's a stupid question. I'm not even going to address it. And Orange Cassidy just grabs the mic and goes, <clears throat> and then does like this 3 minute frankly brilliant rant yeah. about you know the the effects of of uh plastic pollution on sea levels and what needs to be done in terms of you know uh larger countries need to step up versus developing countries like it, it was absolutely wonderful and eloquent and uh, at, at least uh, speaking to someone on this side of the political aisle, uh, something I agree with wholeheartedly, I will say if that was someone in AEW's Twist of a Knife to make uh, both uh, Eric Bischoff and Chris Jericho hear that out loud and then yeah. make Eric Bischoff agree to it being a good answer on television, um, well done. Well done, AEW yeah. writers.
1: It was a very uh, Frank the Tank from old school type uh Sort of thing where it's, it's totally unexpected and executed perfectly and uh, and really well done. The crowd, you know, as minimal as they are, responded in kind and it yeah. worked. It worked very very well. I will I will say. And then you know there was another question about I think who d- needs this match more, who yeah, deserves yeah. Well, to win more or something. Yeah, like why that. why does
2: the match mean so much? And and Jericho right. started to answer it, and then Arch Cassidy hops in. and He's like, Look, I get it. I get it, Chris. Like. You, you thought it'd be real funny, challenge a guy who doesn't talk. But the, the, the problem that Jericho didn't get was, Orange Cassidy doesn't care. <laughs> right. It, it doesn't matter. However, and turning into a great build for the match, the reason why this match is so important is, this is one of the most important matches of his career, but also, this match could ruin Chris Jericho. Because yeah. he could lose to the guy who doesn't care, who doesn't give a crap. I'm like, what a brilliant subversion yeah. of of you know the standard pro wrestling trope of like, I need this match. No, I need this match. Like, OC's just like, look, I don't, I don't need this match. <laughs> but the thing is, this is going to be important for you because this can ruin your decades of hard work.
1: He's the inverse of uh, Yoshihashi. Yeah, he's just there. Yes, but he's he's there for being there. Yeah, and and
2: and for a guy who does not regularly cut promos, it was great. Like his delivery and everything was so perfect, and it was again so different from what we're used to out of a pro wrestling yeah. promo. Excuse me. I'm just like this. This is great. This is fantastic. I. I. Admit Maybe I was, m-
1: way more hyped.
2: Yes, I was. I was very skeptical of them running this rematch, but I am yeah. now very invested
1: in it, and, and I am looking forward to it. Uh, However, yes, if Jericho wins again, I am going to be furious.
2: Yes, yes,
1: OC he has to this win way. this one. Yes,
2: period. Like one hundred percent. I I am absolutely died in the wool AEW fan. If they do not have Orange Cassidy win, they have fucked up. Period. Yep. Yeah. Um, so and they got yeah. So post match he got beat down because Jake Hager was there. Great sell, that Judas effect too. Yeah, man. got tossed to a Judas effect. One of the better Judas effects. Jericho was thrown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all in all, that segment actually worked.
1: Yeah, like I said, I happily happily admit when I was wrong. Uh, I will admit that I was wrong on that. I will, well, I mean, I, you know, I was skeptical, and yes. they they pulled it off. Kudos yeah. to him. You know, Bischoff was basically a non factor. Um, he did have one quick little uh, back and forth with Jericho at the end, yeah. which actually popped me. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, you know.
2: Jericho said something about, like, I've been hating you for
1: 22 years. And uh, Bischoff goes, It's been 24! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That was that was choice. That was really well done. Um, You know, Jericho, when he gets incensed, is very fun to watch. Yes. Um, And Bischoff playing a very good foil to it. So apparently that was a one off for Eric Bischoff. I hope it stays that way unless there's, you know, something else that really needs him. Um, You know, don't don't ruin the goodwill he just bought back from me. Yeah. In regards to Eric Bischoff.
2: 100%. Uh, Tony Schiavone was then in interviewing Britt Baker, asking who she had chosen as Big Swole's opponent. You mean there were women on the show? Yes, Can turns out there were women How on this that? show. <laughs> yeah. They're not all injured, just, you know, one of the three women in this segment were injured. Uh, yeah. Britt Baker wearing a Michael Jordan jersey, which mm-hmm. I thought was a nice touch. Only way that would have been better is she was wearing the number 45 jersey, but that's that's just <laughs> me. Um, was that was that was that the number on the Wizards? Uh, that was the number during his comeback. <laughs> oh, okay, <All laughs> and right. that eventually he turned back to twenty three. So it's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. yeah, I I just thought that would have been a a great little thing. Of like, look, I I know Michael Jordan, and you have like the lesser known number,
1: or his uh, the number he. Well, I don't know. You know, if know if what? If she, what she wore a Wizards
2: wore jersey, that would have been yeah. just in general. That would have been right. good. Uh, well, anyway, chosen Reba, and Big Swole comes out and just absolutely squashes Reba. <laughs>
1: I will say for somebody who is an experienced wrestler, she did yeah. a good job of acting like she was inexperienced.
2: Yes. Yes. Uh, to be fair, if you had seen her in impact I'm of a far of a stretch. Well, you know? Yes. Yes. Um, announced for next week, orange Cassidy versus Chris Jericho, Cody versus Scorpio sky for the TNT title. And then for the FTR hosted tag team appreciation night, We've got Omega and Hangman Page versus Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy in a non-title match, and Stu Grayson and Evil Uno versus the Young Bucks, plus special appearances by Arne Anderson, Tully Blanchard, and the Rock and Roll Express, which will only be entertaining if Ricky Morton hits another Canadian Destroyer off of a
1: stage. On to Pride and Powerful, (laughs) back from four months ago.
2: yes. Then we had our main event, John Moxley, Darby Allen. It was explained earlier on in the show that uh, Brian Cage and Ricky Starks were banned from the arena. And I just got to say, if this is John Moxley's vision of pro wrestling, I really like it. Uh, yeah. Thinking back to the first time these two went against each other in, like, I want to say the third episode of Dynamite or something like that, versus now, you could see, A, how much Darby Allen has has progressed as a pro wrestler. Um, his whole idea of offense basically being, I'm going to relentlessly throw myself at you yeah. is crazy. But Moxley somehow finding a way to do a hybrid of a brawling style...
1: But also a little bit of ZSJ, which I I didn't expect. Yeah, his time in uh, his New Japan, he picked up a uh, picked up some submissions. He finished off with a Gotch style pile driver. Yeah, um, you know he's expanding his uh, his repertoire, and but he's not also. He's also not opposed to throwing some guy off a stage into a ring post, which looked absolutely fucking brutal.
2: And the fucking ding noise.
1: True. Oh, yeah, that was that. that I was. Mean, rough in I mean, I
2: I think that might have been uh, Darby's wedding ring just hitting the yeah. thing. It's hey, like man. I can get a good ping off my table here, so right.
1: Yeah, um, but. There were some creative uh, spots there. The spot with uh, Mox's hand on top of the uh, the ring post, um, like, Mm -hmm. you know, which broke his finger. I mean, you know, that was fun. And the uh, the the fucking low pay that uh, Darby just launched himself into Mox was just absolutely gorgeous and beautiful and dangerous and stupid. Yeah.
2: Towards the end of the match, Wardlow came out. Uh, To distract the referee, so MJF grabbed the title belt, laid out Moxley with a belt shot, hoped for a pin from Darby Allen, but uh, what happened was Darby ended up going for the coffin drop and got caught in a sleeper, Mm -hmm. so that's when Moxley hit the gotch-style pile driver, shout out to murder grandpa across the sea, Uh, and Darby kicked out at two, so then Moxley had to pull out the paradigm shift and take him out. And uh, post the match, uh, Moxley was cradling Darby Allen's head, just like, look, kid, I didn't want to, have to do this to you. Yeah, I had to do it. Nice little bit of storytelling there. Really, really great main event. And you saw MJF in the back losing his mind that John Moxley retained the belt as we continued the build for all out.
1: Yeah, good, good stuff. A yeah. good rebound show. Very yeah. good.
2: Rebound Considering show. how much we disliked the prior week show, I, I thought they did a very good job of of improving things and and making us eat our words especially when it came to uh the the debate segment so
1: yeah and i'm very much looking forward to um a week from this coming wednesday because a cody has scorpio sky this coming wednesday hopefully Mm -hmm. the following week uh cody will finally answer all of our prayers and defend his tnt championship against the one and only master wild (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the Roughhouse Podcast is a weekly podcast. Follow us at RoughHouseSGW on Twitter and Facebook.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. Become a donor to the Rough House at patreon.com slash the Roughhouse Podcast. And check out our videos at youtube.com backslash channel backslash capital U C E G J two hmm. One N lowercase W capital G lowercase K capital P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P-P m lowercase l capital d n seven lowercase c three lowercase r lowercase f u v q this is the, the Roughhouse, roughhouse pod. house, uh, podcast with justin and christoph that's it fuck christoph he's terrible with his information okay hey this is the rock shut your mouth jabronis and listen up because this is the rough house podcast with justin and my least favorite man on the planet christoph And Marty? The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network
2: you have a little wrestling fan who's just bad at math,
1: are you worried they won't get their multiplication tables this year? Well, Booker T is here to help you with learning math with Booker T. Bob 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 Booker T will help you with your multiplication like what? Bob 25 is! Or
2: what? Bob Top 8 is! If you order now, we'll throw in another educational tape for you. Learning fractions and percentages with Scott Steiner. So
1: small Joe, you take your 33 and a third chance Minus my 25% chance, and you've got an 8 and a third chance of winning.
2: That's learning math with Booker T. And if you can't learn math with Booker T, you are definitely a
0: sucker!